surface and ending with the left hand cuff. The order is invariable and I count off each stage to myself, otherwise it won't come out right. I ironed three shirts, checking them for wrinkles and putting them on hangers. Once I'd switched off the iron and put it away with the ironing board in the hall cupboard, my mind felt a good deal clearer. I was on my way to the kitchen for a glass of water when the phone rang again. I hesitated for a second but decided to answer it. If it was the same woman, I'd tell her I was ironing and hang up. This time it was Kumiko. The wall clock said 11.30. How are you? she asked. Fine, I said, relieved to hear my wife's voice. What are you doing? Just finished ironing. What's wrong? There was a note of tension in her voice. She knew what it meant for me to be ironing. Nothing, I was just ironing some shirts. I sat down and shifted the receiver from my left hand to my right. What's up? Can you write poetry? She asked. Poetry? Poetry? Did she mean poetry? I know the publisher of a story magazine for girls. They're looking for somebody to pick and revise poems submitted by readers, and they want the person to write a short poem every month for an opener. Pay's not bad for an easy job. It's part-time, of course, but they might add some editorial work if the person... Easy work? I broke in. Hang on a minute. I'm looking for something in law, not poetry. I thought you did some writing in high school. Oh, yeah, sure, for the school newspaper, which team won the football championship, or how the physics teacher fell down the stairs and ended up in the hospital, that kind of stuff, not poetry. I can't write poetry. Sure, but I'm not talking about great poetry, just something for schoolgirls. It doesn't have to earn a place in literary history. You could do it with your eyes shut, don't you see? Look, I just can't write poetry, eyes open or closed. I've never done it, and I'm not going to start now. All right said Kumiko a little sadly. But it's hard to find legal work. I know. That's why I've got so many feelers out. I should be hearing something this week. If it's no go, I'll think about doing something else. Well, I suppose that's that. By the way, what's today? What day of the week? I thought a moment and said, Tuesday? Then will you go to the bank and pay the gas and telephone bills? Sure, I was just about to go shopping for dinner anyway. What are you planning? I don't know yet. I'll decide when I'm shopping. She paused. Come to think of it, she said, with a new seriousness. There's no great hurry about your finding a job. This caught me off guard. Why's that? I asked. Had the women of the world chosen today to surprise me on the telephone? My benefit's going to run out sooner or later. I can't keep hanging around forever. True, but with my raise and occasional jobs on the side and our savings, we can get by okay if we're careful. There's no real emergency. Do you hate staying at home like this and doing housework? I mean, is this life so wrong for you? I don't know, I answered honestly. I really didn't know. Well, take your time and have a think, she said. Anyhow, has the cat come back? The cat? I hadn't thought about the cat all morning. No, I said. Not yet. Can you please have a look around the neighborhood? It's been gone over a week now. I gave a non-committal grunt and shifted the receiver back to my left hand. She went on. 
I'm almost certain it's hanging around the empty house at the other end of the alley, the one with the bird statue in the yard. I've often seen it there. The alley? Since when have you been going to the alley? You've never said anything. Oops, got to run, lots of work to do, don't forget about the cat. She hung up. I found myself staring at the receiver again. Then I set it down in its cradle. I wondered what had taken Kumiko to the alley. To get there from our house, you had to climb over the breeze block wall, and once you'd made the effort, there was no point in being there. I went to the kitchen for a glass of water, then out to the veranda to look at the cat's dish. The mound of sardines was untouched from last night. No, the cat had not come back. I stood there, looking at our small garden, with the early summer sunshine streaming into it. Not that ours was the kind of garden that gives you spiritual solace to look at. The sun managed to find its way in there for the smallest fraction of each day, so the earth was always black and moist, and all we had by way of garden plants were a few dusty hydrangeas in one corner, and I don't like hydrangeas. There was a small stand of trees nearby, and from it you could hear the mechanical cry of a bird that sounded as if it were winding a spring. We call it the wind-up bird. Kumiko gave it the name. We didn't know what it was really called or what it looked like, but that didn't bother the wind-up bird. Every day it would come to the stand of trees in our neighborhood and wind the spring of our quiet little world. So now I had to go cat-hunting. I'd always liked cats, and I liked this particular cat, but cats have their own way of living. They're not stupid. If a cat stopped living where you happened to be, that meant it had decided to go somewhere else. If it got tired and hungry, it would come back. Finally, though, to keep Kumiko happy, I would have to go looking for our cat. I had nothing better to do. I'd left my job at the beginning of April, the law job I had had since graduation. Not that I had left for any special reason. I didn't dislike the work. It wasn't thrilling, but the pay was all right and the office atmosphere was friendly. My role at the firm was, not to put too fine a point on it, that of office dog's body. And I was good at it. I might say I have a real talent for the execution of practical duties. I'm a quick learner, efficient, I never complain, and I'm realistic, which is why, when I said I wanted to leave, the senior partner, the father in this father-and-son law firm, went so far as to offer me a small raise. But I left anyway. Not that leaving would help me realize any particular hopes or prospects. The last thing I wanted to do, for example, was shut myself up in the house and study for the bar exam. I was surer than ever that I didn't want to become a lawyer. I knew, too, that I didn't want to stay where I was and continue with the job I had. If I was going to get out, now was the time to do it. If I stayed with the firm any longer, I'd be there for the rest of my life. I was thirty years old, after all. I had told Kumiko at the dinner table that I was thinking of resigning my job. Her only response had been, I see. I didn't know what she meant by that, but for a while she said nothing more. I kept silent, too, until she added, If you want to leave, you should leave. It's your life, and you should live it the way you want to. Having said this much, she then became involved in picking out fish bones with her chopsticks and moving them to the edge of her plate. Kumiko earned pretty good pay as an editor on a health food magazine, 
and she would occasionally take on illustration commissions from editor friends at other magazines to earn a substantial additional income. She'd studied design in college and had hoped to be a freelance illustrator. In addition, if I left my job, I would have my own income for a while from unemployment insurance, which meant that even if I stayed home and took care of the house, we would still have enough for extras such as eating out and paying the cleaning bill, and our lifestyle would hardly change. And so I had left. I was loading groceries into the refrigerator when the phone rang. The ringing seemed to have an impatient edge to it this time. I had just ripped open a plastic pack of tofu, which I set down carefully on the kitchen table to keep the water from spilling out. I went to the living room and picked up the phone. You must have finished your spaghetti by now, said the woman. You're right, but now I have to go and look for the cat. That can wait for ten minutes, I'm sure. It's not like cooking spaghetti. For some reason, I couldn't just hang up on her. There was something about her voice that demanded my attention. Okay, but no more than ten minutes. Now we'll be able to understand each other, she said with quiet certainty. I sensed her settling comfortably into a chair and crossing her legs. I wonder, I said, what can you understand in ten minutes? Ten minutes may be longer than you think, she said. Are you sure you know me? Of course I do. We've met hundreds of times. Where? When? Somewhere. Sometime, she said. But if I went into that, ten minutes would never be enough.